Today we're going to talk about that we have to manage our focus. We have to manage our focus. Because the reality is, what we focus on is what is in the center of our attention. Now, if we are thinking about focus, if you go into the dictionary and you look up the definition of focus, you will see that it says, focus is the center of interest or activity. Another definition says, focus is what you pay particular attention to. So whatever is in your interest, whatever is in the center of your focus, of your attention, that is where your focus is. So the question this morning is not really, uh, do I have a focus or not? The question is, where does your focus lie? Where is your focus? Because we will focus on one thing or another. Because whatever is what we are thinking about the most, that is where your focus is. Whatever you, uh, whatever you spend most of your time with, that is where your focus is. Whatever keeps you up at night is where your focus is. Whatever you think about the most, that is where your focus is. So it is not a question of if we have a focus or not. The question really becomes, where is my focus? What do I focus on in my everyday life? Because we are focusing on something. And we have to make sure this morning that we say, you know what, God, I want you in my focus. Now, last night, I came home, and this week, we put up our Christmas decorations in the home. And for the first time, really, I left it all up to the kids and Joanna to put up the Christmas tree and the garlands and the Christmas deco, and they did a fantastic job. But last night, I came home, and I took two pictures, and it's going to be up there. The very first one that you can see up there is Nadine in front of a Christmas tree, right? Everybody on the same page? You can see Nadine in front of a Christmas tree. Now, what is, what is in focus in this picture? Nadine is in the focus and the Christmas tree is out of focus. It's amazing what nowadays our phones can do, right? This is in portrait mode. I'm sure you have used that numerous times for your Instagram feed where you take a picture, it makes the subject sharp and everything else is blurred out like a professional camera. So Nadine is in focus and the Christmas tree is out of focus. Now look at the next picture. What do you see there? Now the Christmas tree is in focus and Nadine is completely out of focus. And that is how it works in our everyday life. Whatever we focus on is very clear, is very sharp. But whatever we focus on, that is what we see. Everything else becomes a little bit out of focus, a little bit blurry, not so clear anymore. Now the danger is that we become so involved and so occupied 
with what we are doing in our life every day, like family, career, friends, our hobbies, that that is really in the focus of our life and that God is out of focus. We have to make it a point this morning and say, God, I think it's time to put you back in focus again. Where my focus is on other things in my life. And I'm not even saying that that is a bad thing. Focusing on your family, focusing on your career, focusing that you can climb the ladder of success is all a good thing. And I'm not saying that you cannot do that, but we have to live a balanced life where very often we are so focused on what we are doing every day in our life that God is a little bit out of focus. Or if we are really honest with ourselves, sometimes God is really, really out of focus. And I'm here this morning to remind us to God, put God back in focus again. To say, God, I have been focused on so many other things in my life, but I want to come back to the throne of God. I want to come back to the throne of worship, to the throne of the Almighty God, and I want to put my focus back on God. Because I believe if we focus on God, a lot of other things, unlike the picture, will become very clear in our life. Things that you might not uh, see clearly right now in your life. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what your future holds. You don't know what is going on in five, ten years from now. But once we focus more and more on God, He has the ability to lead and guide us and other things will come into focus. They will become clear because we are now following the guidance of God, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So God is a good God. He has good plans and a good uh, things in store for you, for your future. And if we trust Him and we put Him in the center of our attention, a lot of other things will become very clear. You know what? Last time I preached, I didn't have story time with Pastor Stefan, right? And so after the sermon, someone in the back of the sanctuary came up to me and said, are you a pastor? I'm so disappointed. Today you didn't have story time with Pastor Stefan. And I said, yeah, I had so many things that I wanted to share, so many points, so many scriptures that I wanted to share that I did not have any time for any stories. And you know what the person told me? He said, you know what, Pastor, next time, Preach a little bit shorter and tell a story. <laughs> so in other words, we are not going to share so much scriptures to have a story. No, 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 no. We have plenty of scriptures. Don't worry about it. But I'm going to tell you a story as well. When I was growing up in Germany, I was 14 years old. We had a dog. And the dog was a mixed breed from a German shepherd and a Great Dane. Okay, so we are talking about two big dogs. So obviously, the son that was our dog was also a very tall, very muscular, very big dog. 
So I was 14 years old and my mom asked me, Stefan, it's time to take the dog for a walk. And like every 14-year-old, I said, do I really have to take the dog for a, the dog for a walk? And he's, my mom said, yes, you have to take the dog for a walk. So I took the dog for a walk. I put him on the leash and we started going out of our house into the countryside. Now we were going, I'm not sure how far we went, but all of a sudden the dog stopped, the tail came up and his ears flipped up and he was looking intently in one direction. So I was wondering what is going on? Why is the dog looking at the directions with the ears up and the tail up? So I look, I look about 20 to 30 meters out, I see a cat in the field and he was ready to hunt. He was ready to charge. He was looking. His ears were up. The tail were up. He was waiting to do something. And I look and the cat was also ready to defend itself. The back came up. You know, like the, like the cat. Those who don't like cats, it's like shivers down your spine right now. So, but they were like facing each other, looking at each other from a distance. So I didn't know what to do. So I thought if I just continue walking, they will get closer and closer to each other. That's not going to end well. So I thought it's a good idea to bend down, pick up a rock, and throw it at the cat, hoping that the cat would run away. Good news is, the cat really ran away. The bad news is, I was on the leash with my dog on the other side of the leash, and he took after the cat. He was running and he was dragging me behind him for a good 20, maybe 30 meters before he finally gave up. So I was behind the dog being dragged through the field because he was focused on the cat. Nothing else mattered. He was so single-minded. He was so focused on the cat that he forgot that it was supposed to be a nice relaxing walk. He was so focused on the cat that he forgot about the leash. He was so focused on the cat that he forgot that I was at the end of the other leash, at the other side. And he just took off after the cat before he finally gave up. See, he was so focused. And I wonder what would happen in our life if we are so focused on God that everything else becomes a little bit out of focus. That everything else doesn't really matter that much anymore. See, the thing is, sometimes we think if we get involved with God, if we get involved in church, then my family will fall short. Or other things in my life will fall short. But reality is, the closer you get to God... The closer and the nearer you come to God, the more the other things will be taken care of. That is what the scripture already says, that we have to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All the other things will fall into place. So I am here this morning to remind us that we have to manage our focus. Because reality is, you are focused on something in your life. The question is only, what is it 
that you pay close attention to. What is in the center of your attention? What is the center of your activity? What is what you pay particular attention to? Because that is where your focus is. Today we're going to talk about a portion of scripture that is found in Acts chapter 3. And I'm not going to read the entire chapter, but basically what happens in Acts chapter 3 is there is Peter and John and they go to the temple to pray. As they approach the temple, they see a beggar who is lame from birth asking for money from all the people who go into the temple. So as Peter and John pass the man, the man is putting out his hand asking for something. Then Peter saw him and I said, hey, pay attention, look at us. And the man looked at Peter and John expecting something to receive. And then Peter said those famous words, silver and gold, I have not. But what I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. It happened right there. Strength came into the ankles of the man. He became strong. He could stand up. He was jumping and leaping from joy. He ran into the temple praising God, the Bible says. And it caused such an uproar, such a commotion that the religious leaders came out to see what was happening. And after they asked the man and they found out what happened, they remanded Peter and John and threw them into prison overnight. That is what happened in Acts chapter 3. But the thing is, when it comes to Peter and John, there's a few things that we can learn what we are supposed to focus on in our life. We can take direct inspiration from Peter and John in the Bible of what we should focus on in our life, on what we should not focus on. The very first thing is, we cannot focus on our lack. So don't focus on your lack in your life. See, Acts chapter 3 verse 6 says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. See, he did not focus on the lack in his life. Now it was real. He did not have silver and gold. He didn't have riches. He didn't have money. But he did not focus on the lack that he had in his life. Because he could have easily said, Peter said, silver and gold, I do not have, full stop. I'm sorry, maybe tomorrow. That would have been that he would have focused on the lack in his life. But see what it says, he said, silver and gold, I do not have, but what I have I give you. Now in the grammatical sense, but is a conjunction that highlights uh, another part of the verse that is contradicting or contrasting to the previous part of the verse. I hope I got that right. I did my research. I believe that is correct grammatically. So if there is a but in the sentence, what comes next will contrast the idea that was just stated previously. What was stated previously? Silver and gold I do not have. But, what is the contradicting idea? What I have, I give to you. So silver and gold I do not have. But, there's something else coming after that. So he did not focus 
on the lack in his life. Now reality is that lack is real. Maybe you are even here this morning and you say, I'm lacking in my physical body. I'm lacking health in my physical body. And the lack is real. I'm not trying to diminish that. I'm not trying to downplay that. There is real lack in the house that we have. Maybe you are lacking in your relationship. Maybe you are lacking in the relationship with your spouse that you have. Maybe you are lacking financially. Maybe you are lacking love for the people around you. Maybe you are lacking something and that is real. So we are not denying lack in our life. But we are not focusing on it because if we focus on it, we give it permission and we give it authority to define now what we are doing next in our life. So we are well aware of the lack that we have in our life. We are not denying it. We are not, uh, you know what, just putting it far, far to the back of our minds. We are aware, but we are not focusing on it. Because once we focus on lack, there will be a lot of things that is very negative. Now, the, the next following things that I'm going to talk about was sourced from research papers, concept and ideas that is widely accepted in the field of psychology. So if we focus on lack, it will be bad for us. Why? A, because negativity builds more negativity. The more you focus on negative things in your life, the more you will realize that there's more negative things in your life that you didn't even see before. So the more you pay attention to negativity in your life, the more negativity you will find. But the truth is also true the other way. It's true the other way around. The more you look for good things, the more of good things you will find in your life. But we do not focus on lack in our life because negativity builds more negativity. Constantly dwelling on what we lack tends to foster a negative mindset. This negativity can impact our overall outlook on life, leading to increased stress and anxiety. So we are doing ourselves no favor if we are focusing on the lack in our life. Number B, we don't focus on our lack because it will impact our mental health. If we focus on our lack or negativity, it will impact our mental health. That is just reality. A focus on lack can contribute to feeling disappointment and frustration in a greater sense. This in turn can have detrimental effects on our mental health, potentially even leading to issues like depression. So if we focus on our lack, if we focus on negative things in our life, it is like a downward spiral that sucks us deeper and deeper into negativity unto the point that we might even get depressed. And I'm not saying depression is not real. It is a very real thing. It is a, a terrible thing where people get depressed to a point that they don't see any way out anymore. 
So we have to make sure that we don't focus on our leg. Hopefully that we don't even get sucked into that spiral to a point that we do get depressed. We do not focus on our leg because number C, it will limit our personal growth. When we fixate on what we lack, we may overlook the resources and opportunities and blessings that we currently possess. This mindset can hinder personal growth and prevent us from cultivating gratitude for what we do have. See, if we are so focused on lack, so focused on negative things in our life, we miss the good things that we also have. And we are so focused on what is bad that we completely ignore the good things. And again, that leads to more negativity. That leads us downward spiral into a depression. So we do not focus on our leg. Number D, last one. If we focus on leg, it will affect our confidence. If we focus on leg, it will affect our confidence. Constantly thinking about what we lack may erode our self-confidence. It can create a mindset that emphasizes limitations rather than possibilities. It will hinder our ability to take risk and pursue our goals. So it is very clear. It is not attested if we think about negative things. It will lead to more negativity. It will lead us downward spiral to a point that is not good for us. So that's why what we see right here, Peter did not focus on the lack in his life. Even though it was real, even though it was right there, he said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have, I give to you. The question this morning is, there's many things that we are lacking in our life, but what are the things that you do have? Be grateful for those things. Be grateful for what God is doing in your life and focus on that because God can really do something powerful through those things in your life. Matthew 6 verse 31 says, Do not worry saying, What shall I eat? What shall I drink? What shall we wear? For all these things God, in the end it says, God has given to you. Do not worry about those things. Do not look on the negative things, on all these questions that we have, but look at the God who is able to provide for you. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which will transcend all your understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It says, Do not be anxious about anything. So we cannot focus on the lack and negativity that we have going on in our life, even though it is very real and it is very present in our life. If we don't focus on it, we are not giving it authority to now determine what our next steps are going to be. So yes, lack is real but we do not focus on it. We focus, number two, on our opportunities. What did uh, Peter do? He did, not locus, he did not focus on his lack. He focused on the opportunities that were right in front of him. Acts 3.6, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, 
I give to you. What I do have. So he was very well aware that he did have something good in his life. He had something powerful in his life. Now I wonder, when did he realize that God was going to do a miracle? Was it the first time he saw the beggar already? He knew God is going to do something. Was it after the beggar asked for money and then he was looking at him? Or was it after he said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you? When was the time exactly that Peter knew that God was doing something? I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But the reality is, is that he was aware of his lack, but also that he was aware of a possibility of an opportunity that was now presenting itself right in front of him. Because now he could say, you know what? I don't have money. I don't have riches. But what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. He was looking at the possibilities in his life. Philippians 4 verse 13 says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you future and a hope. So God has good things in store for us. He has planned and prepared good things for us. But we have to pay attention to what God might be doing or what He wants to do in our life. Last time I preached, I brought an example. If I would ask you, how many red cars did you see on the way to church this morning? I believe none of you could give me a definitive answer of how many red cars you saw. Why? Because you were not really paying attention. Now, if I would have called you up this morning and say, hey, Jared, on the way to church, count all the red cars. Then I would ask him later on. He could tell me how many red cars he saw. Why? Because now he was paying attention. He was looking out. Oh, this is a red car. Oh, there's another one right there. And he would count. Why? Because now he was paying attention and he was uh, looking forward, looking out for the red cars that would cross his path. So it is possible that God has opportunities that he's bringing into our life, but we are not aware of it because we don't pay attention to what God really wants to do in our life. You know what? When I was growing up in Germany, another story, I was a runner for my school and I was doing the 100 meter sprint and the 10K cross country. That was my discipline. That was the one that I was good in. So I was representing my school on the state level and later even on the nationwide level. So but the coach was looking for someone who would do the javelin throw. You know a javelin throw? And there was no one in the school who was doing it. So he put out an announcement, anyone who wants to try out for javelin throw, please talk to the coach. Nobody talked to the coach. 
So the coach came to me and approached me and said, Stefan, why don't you try out to throw the javelin? And I said, mm, maybe not. I'm a runner. I can run 100 meter dash. I can run 10K cross country. That's my discipline. That's what I'm good at. I'm not sure about throwing the javelin. He said, never mind. We need someone. Just try out. So I went for the tryouts. I did. Turns out I was pretty good at it. In fact, I'm still holding my high school record for the javelin throw after all these years. <laughs> Now, I'm not telling you this to ring my own bell, but, well, maybe I do a little bit. No? But here's the thing. There was an opportunity, and I thought, that's not my, that's not my thing. I run. I don't throw things, I run. That's what I'm good at. But he said, never mind, try it out. You never know because he saw something in me that I did not even see myself. See, we have to be open to look at opportunities in our life that come along the way. Maybe it will take the Holy Spirit to poke you a little bit, to say, hey, you know what? There's an opportunity right here. Why don't you go into this direction? Maybe it takes somebody else putting your attention to say, hey, you know what? There's an opportunity right there. And you have never even seen it before because you were so focused on other things in your life. So be open to possibilities that might be there in your life that you are not aware of right now. But see that there is possibilities, that there is opportunities that will come along the way, but we have to pay attention to really see them. Amen? Very quickly, I'm running out of time. Number three, we have to focus on Jesus. We have to focus on Jesus. Acts chapter 3 verse 6 says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. See, he did not just say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. He did not even say, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. But he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, why would have he used all those terms to point to Jesus? Because he wanted to make sure that there's no question that he was absolutely clear the name that he was using. Not just any guy called Jesus from anywhere in Israel. Not even a, a guy named Jesus Christ. No, he said, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There was only one of them. Only Jesus. So he was sure to point out exactly who he was focused on. Not to leave any room for speculation. Not to leave any room for uncertainty and unclarity of who he was talking about. It was clear as night and day that he was talking about Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We have to put Jesus in the main frame of our attention. We have to put him in our attention, in our focus that everything else will become out of focus. Focus 
on the name of Jesus. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. We have to fix our eyes on Jesus because he started the good work in us and he will bring it to completion. He is the one who is working in our life. He is the one who wants to do something powerful in our life. The good thing is, we are talking about a God who walked on water. We are talking about a God who was willing to change water into wine. Hallelujah. He is the one who was willing to come out to overcome whatever was thrown before him so that he could make sure that we would see that he is the Son of God really from heaven, that he is the one who wants to do something powerful in our life. So we have to put him in our focus because he is the one who can bring a change in our life. Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, can do something powerful, powerful in your life. Colossians 3 verse 2 says, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Put your minds on things above. We have to fix our eyes on Jesus because He is the one who can bring a change. Matthew 14, 29 to 30 says, Come, Jesus said to Peter, And then Peter got out of the boat, walked on water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sing, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus stepped right out, pulled him up, and said, Oh, you of little faith. See, the thing was, once he was focused on Jesus, even the impossible became possible. If our eyes are fixed on Jesus, the seemingly impossible situations in our life can become possible simply because we put Him into the picture. Because we fix our eyes on Him. We pay attention to what He is doing. God can now do something miraculous in our life. And the challenge this morning is, to take our eyes off the mountains and the challenge that we are facing in our life. And that we put our focus on the one who can do all things. The one who did not shy away from miracles to come and help the people of God. He is the one who can bring a change in each and every one of our lives. But we have to focus on him this morning. Amen. I had another a point, but I, I really feel that we have to respond to God this morning. So as the praise team come, let's all rise to our feet and really respond to God. We're going to take some time to open the altar and to pray.